0: back back again it is a sunday i was gonna say sunday morning to me it's sunday morning but it's actually sunday afternoon
1: it is indeed afternoon
0: and because it is memorial day weekend i thought that would be mean to have amy come in and record you know want her to spend time with her family so it is you and
1: i chris wow that makes me sound like the default i'm like the second string quarterback
0: Steve Young was the second-string quarterback, and he turned out to be a Hall of Famer.
1: Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'm a Hall of Famer.
0: You're a Hall of Famer, honey. Um, But thank you for filling in for her. And actually, going through Hosea, I think there's a reason why you're filling in this week, because there's a lot of things that can apply to your situation and what happened to you. Uh, And we'll get to that. Go ahead and start us in prayer.
1: No, I'll pass that ball to you.
0: I think you're ready to start us in prayer.
1: Nope. That's between me and God.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Is that your default answer?
1: That's my default truth.
0: Lord, thank you. Thank you for everything. Thank you for letting Chris and I sit here and understand your word and hopefully spread it to other people. And, Lord, please be with everyone who just isn't doing well today. Please just wrap them in in your comfort and your love. Lord, please let everyone who listens get what they need out of this podcast. Let them understand your word. Let them become closer to you. Please guide us every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. I should really think about a prayer before I ramble on with a prayer.
1: Well, I tend to think a little bit the opposite. I think whatever is on your mind will come out of your mouth. All
0: right. Okay, so we are on Hosea. We're doing the, the book of Hosea today. And the paragraph before Scripture says, Hosea was the last great prophet that God sent to the northern kingdom of Israel before they were destroyed and exiled by Assyria. He presents a powerful message of God's love for his people, even while they are sinning against him. Do you have any? Do you, is there anything you wanted to talk about before we got started? I didn't
1: ask you. No, I'm doing well.
0: Okay, so let's move on to Hosea uh, chapter 1, verse 1, which is titled Hosea's Prophecy. I'm just going to read through uh, one of the notes. Hosea was a prophet to the northern kingdom of Israel from 753 to 715 BC. Under the reign of Jeroboam II, the northern kingdom had prospered materially, but had decayed spiritually. The people were greedy and had adopted the moral behavior and idolatrous religion of the surrounding Canaanites. This spiritual and moral decay continued throughout the end of the northern kingdom in 722 BC, and Hosea's messages reflect this sad situation. Hosea's role was to show how the people of the northern kingdom had been unfaithful to God their quote-unquote husband and provider, and had married themselves to Baal and the gods of Canaan. He warned that unless they repented of their sin and turned back to God, they were headed for destruction. Hosea spoke of God's characteristics, his powerful love and justice, and how their practical experience of these should affect their lives and make them return to God. Unfortunately, the people had broken their covenant with God and they would receive the punishments God had promised. Anything? Any questions? No. Alrighty, so Hosea chapter 1 verse 2 through chapter 2 verse 1, Hosea's wife and children. And would you mind reading uh, chapter 1 verse 2, please?
1: Not at all. When the Lord first began speaking to Israel through Hosea, he said to him, Go and marry a prostitute, so that some of her children will be conceived in prostitution. This will illustrate how Israel has acted like a prostitute by turning against the Lord and worshiping other gods.
0: Okay, thank you. You're
1: welcome.
0: And in the notes it says, Hosea married Gomer and they had several children. Uh, Continuing on with the notes, did God really order his prophet to marry a woman who was a prostitute? Some who find it difficult to believe God could make such a request view this story as an illustration, not a historical event. Many think the story is historical and give one of these explanations. One, according to God's law, a priest could not marry a prostitute or a divorced woman, but Hosea was not a priest. Two, it is possible that Gomer was not a prostitute when Hosea married her, and that God was letting Hosea know that Gomer would later turn to adultery and prostitution. In any case, Hosea knew ahead of time that his wife would be unfaithful, and that their married life would become a living object to the adulterous northern kingdom. Hosea's marriage to an unfaithful woman would illustrate God's relationship to the unfaithful nation of Israel. And then in the last note here, God said he would personally rescue the people of Judah from their enemies with no help from their weapons or armies. Although God asks us to do our part, we should remember that he is not limited to human effort. God often chooses to work through people, but only because it is good for them. He can accomplish all his purposes without any help from us if he so chooses. You are very important to God, but on your own, you have neither the ability to fulfill nor the power to disrupt God's plans. All right, moving on to Hosea chapter 2, verses 2 through 13. And this section is titled, Charges Against an Unfaithful Wife. And here, the Lord revealed what he had planned for Israel. Um, Israel's in In the notes, it says, Israel's punishment and restoration are the themes of this chapter. As in a court case, the prostitute is brought to trial and found guilty, but after her punishment, she is joyfully and tenderly restored to God. And then would you please read Hosea chapter 2, verse 12, please?
1: Yes. I will destroy her grapevines and fig trees, things she claims her lovers gave her. I will let them grow into tangled thickets where only wild animals will eat the fruit.
0: Thank you. And the note for that says the Israelites were so immersed in idolatry that they actually believed pagan gods gave them their vineyards and orchards. They had forgotten that the entire land was a gift from God. Today, many people give credit to everything and everyone but God for their prosperity, luck, hard work, quick thinking, the right contacts. When you succeed, who gets the credit? Okay, anything? No. All right. Hosea chapter 2, verses 14 through 23. And this section is titled, The Lord's Love for Unfaithful Israel. And I was hoping you could read just this whole section, 14 through 23,
1: please. 14 through 23? Mm Mm-hmm. That's quite a bit.
0: We can split it up if you want. No.
1: Okay, here we go. But then I will win her back once again. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. I will return her vineyards to her, and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. She will give herself to me there, as she did long ago when she was young, when I freed her from her captivity in Egypt. When that day comes, says the Lord, you will call me husband, instead of my master. O Israel, I will wipe the many names of Baal from your lips, and you will never mention them again. On that day I will make a a covenant with all the wild animals and the birds of the sky, and the animals that scurry along the ground so they will not harm you. I will remove all weapons of war from the land, all swords and bows, so you can live unafraid in peace and safety. I will make you my wife forever, showing you righteousness and justice, unfailing love and compassion. I will be faithful to you and make you mine, and you will finally know me as the Lord. In that day I will answer, says the Lord. I will answer the sky as it pleads for clouds, and the sky will answer the earth with rain. Then the earth will answer the thirsty cries of the grain, the grapevines, and the olive trees, and they in turn will answer, Jezreel, God plants. At that time I will plant a crop of Israelites and raise them for myself. I will show love to those I called not loved, and to those I called not my people. I will say, Now you are my people, and they will reply, You are our God.
0: Wonderful, thank you. Okay, one of the notes said God was promising, one, to bring the people to the desert, a place free from distractions, so he could clearly communicate with them, and two, to change what had been a time of trouble into a day of hope. God uses even our negative experiences to create opportunities to turn back to him. As you face problems and trials, remember that God speaks to you in the desert and not just in times of prosperity. And that's where I thought maybe we could talk just briefly about what happened to you a couple weeks ago. In the sense that because you got into, um, you were in a car accident Mm -hmm. a couple weeks ago. And it, it says here, to change what had been a time of trouble into a day of hope. God uses even our negative experiences to create opportunities to turn back to him. As you face problems and trials, remember that God speaks to you in the desert and not just in times of prosperity. Mm. But you had told me, you know, what you like, you remembered what you were thinking during the accident. And I thought that was very powerful, powerful. And it's probably something that a lot of people would have in their minds.
1: Mm.
0: Which is, you know, I'm I think this is my time. Like, I'm going to die right here.
1: I think a lot of people have that thought, and they do die. Right. It's just your they because they died. No one ever knew that was their last thought.
0: But what I thought was even more interesting was that you shared, you know, something else in that. What What was all this for? Like, it's amazing that you came back with all that. That you remembered mm-hmm. all that. Mm-hmm. If you don't mind sharing.
1: No, it's true. I just remember. I, I remember flashes. It seems longer than it probably, than it was in reality. Uh, It's more drawn out. It's kind of like they say, when you have a dream at night, you have this long dream, but in reality it's over in seconds. Uh, I just remember thinking, so this is how I end. And it wasn't that that was on my mind or not necessarily that I was cognizant of it, but uh, as the car was spinning and I had zero control, I had no control over the car and um yeah and i and i did have the thought of you know uh but between that the fact that it is written meaning you know whatever is to be with us is already decided is how i take that to me to be meant uh and so then i'm thinking i'm gonna die in this accident and for what was my and then i think then i thought what was my purpose to have gone through all the things I've been through to die in this accident. And then you did help me to understand that either through my living through it or have I died in it, it, there may have been something that was cast down to others or that continued on as a lesson in my living and or my death. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was interesting because I wasn't trying to be selfish. It's just what popped in my mind.
0: I thought it was a, it's a very um, genuine thought. It's a, you know, it's a very real thought. Why, what was, why what was my purpose? What did I do? Right. And I think a lot of us go through that at some point in our lives. Because, you know, we think maybe there will be this grand moment where we understand, we will be enlightened with, oh... This is why I was here. Yeah. This is how this is how the Lord used me, and I don't I don't believe from the Bible that that's how it works because we can affect it. May be it may be something we never learn about until we're gone, and then you know we're and then maybe we're told, oh, okay, th- this event affected this person and this person who you didn't even know.
1: A domino effect. Right, right. No, that's, and you, when you explained it to me, that, that made perfect sense. It's just I, until you explained it to me, I, that way of thinking about it had not crossed my mind.
0: Sure, sure. And I remember, like, the the first time that Amy and I spoke about it, and it does kind of, it hits you. It's like, oh, okay, all right. Because we think of it in a very kind of selfish manner.
1: Yeah, I never I never considered a, a grand ending in the sense of oh you know trumpeteers <laughs> this is how I end something you know a romantic heroic ending but yeah. something something more plain uh and easily understood
0: Right so maybe someone coming up to you and being like this is how you affected my life. Thank you so much. Yeah,
1: closure. <laughs> right,
0: right. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Having some d- definitive closure yeah. versus just, I, you know, not just, but yeah. dying in a car accident. Mm-hmm. When you've been through X, Y, and Z, thinking that surely if you've overcome these hurdles and these obstacles, there must be something, if, the, if, if there was, were obstacles that you took to be rather large. Surely that you're being honed or prepared for something bigger.
0: Well, and that's the thing. Here's the thing. You lived through the crash. God isn't done with you yet. There are other things that he wants to do through you. So that's one thing. And two, even if we're just looking at this accident, not any of the things that have happened to you throughout your life, if we're just looking at the accident, you have no idea who was affected by that accident. It could be the other driver. It could be one of the witnesses. It could be one of the people who heard about the accident. Like, you don't know the domino effect and who was affected by it. Right. You just don't know.
1: No, you don't. And
0: you may never, ever know.
1: I may never know. Good chance I won't.
0: All right. Well, let's continue with some notes for this section because we're not done. Uh, Not until Judah's exile would the entire nation begin to come to its senses, give up its idols, and turn back to God. And not until that day when God rules through Jesus the Messiah will the relationship between God and his people be restored. In that day, God will no longer be like a master to them. He will be like a husband. The relationship will be deep and personal, the kind of relationship we can know, though imperfectly, in marriage. The last note... God's wedding gift to his people, both in Hosea's day and in our own, is his compassion. Through no merit of our own, God forgives us and makes us right with him. There is no way for us, by our own efforts, to reach God's high standards, but he graciously accepts us, forgives us, and draws us into a relationship with himself. In that relationship, we have personal and intimate communion with him. Okay, any questions? No. All right, Hosea chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, and would you please read verse 1?
1: Then the Lord said to me, Go and love your wife again, even though she commits adultery with another lover. This will illustrate that the Lord still loves Israel, even though the people have turned to other gods and love to worship them.
0: And the note says, this short chapter pictures the nation's exile and return. Israel would experience a time of purification in a foreign land, but God would still love the people and would be willing to accept them back. God commanded Hosea to show the same forgiving spirit to Gomer. Although Hosea had good reason to divorce Gomer, he was told to buy her back and love her. No matter how low we sink, God is willing to buy us back to redeem us and to lift us up again. Okay, Hosea chapter 4, verses 1 through 19. This section is called the Lord's case against Israel. And the paragraph before the scripture starts in our Bible said, The rest of Hosea's prophecy deals with Israel's sin and her impending judgment. Hosea points out the moral and spiritual decay of the nation. He describes the punishment awaiting the people and pleads with them to return to God. Although judgment and condemnation of sin are prevalent in the book, a strand of love and restoration runs throughout. Even in the midst of judgment, God is merciful and will restore those who repent and turn to him. Okay, I thought we would read this whole section, verses 1 through 19, but we can split it up.
1: I'll read 1 through 17, 1 through 11. Hear the word of the Lord, O people of Israel. The Lord has brought charges against you, saying, there is no faithfulness, no kindness, no knowledge of God in your land. You make vows and break them. You kill and steal and commit adultery. There is violence everywhere, one murder after another. That is why your land is, the, is in mourning and everyone is wasting away. Even the wild animals, the birds of the sky, and the fish of the sea are disappearing. Don't point your finger at someone else and try to pass the blame. My complaint, you priests, is with you. So you will stumble in broad daylight, and your false prophets will fall with you in the the night. And I will destroy Israel, your mother. My people are being destroyed because they don't know me. Since you priests refuse to know me, I refuse to recognize you as my priests. Since you have forgotten the laws of your God, I will forget to bless your children. The more priests there are, the more they sin against me. They have exchanged the glory of God for the shame of idols. When the people bring their sin offerings, the priests get fed. So the priests are glad when the people sin. And what the priests do, the people also do so I now will punish both priests and people for their wicked deeds. They will eat and still be hungry. They will play the prostitute and gain nothing from it, for they have deserted the Lord to worship their gods. Wine has robbed my people of their understanding.
0: They ask a piece of wood for advice. They think a stick can tell them the future. Longing after idols has made them fools. They have played the prostitute, serving other gods and deserting their god. They offer sacrifices to idols on the mountaintops. They go up into the hills to burn incense in the pleasant shade of oaks, poplars, and terebinth trees. That is why your daughters turn to prostitution and your daughters-in-law commit adultery. But why should I punish them for their prostitution and adultery? For your men are doing the same thing, sinning with whores and shrine prostitutes. O foolish people! You refuse to understand, so you will be destroyed. Though you, Israel, are a prostitute, may Judah avoid such guilt. Do not join the false worship at Gilgal or Bethaven, even though they take oaths there in the Lord's name. Israel is stubborn like a stubborn heifer, so should the Lord feed her like a lamb in a lush pasture? Leave Israel alone because she is married to idolatry. When the rulers of Israel finish their drinking, off they go. To find some prostitutes. They love shame more than honor, so a mighty wind will sweep them away. Their sacrifices to idols will bring them shame. In the note, it says, in this chapter, God brings a charge of disobedience against Israel. The religious leaders had failed to turn the people to God, and ritual prostitution had replaced right worship. The nation had declined spiritually and morally, breaking the laws that God had given them. The people found it easy to condemn Hosea's wife for her adultery. They were not so quick to see that they had been unfaithful to God. Another note says, We often blame others if we fear punishment for wrongdoing. Hosea warned the priests not to blame anyone else. The nation's sins were largely their fault. Israel's priests pointed out the people's sins, but God would not allow them to overlook their own irresponsible actions. Instead of instructing the nation in religion and morality, They had led the way toward idolatry and immorality. Their failure to lead the people in God's ways placed most of the blame for Israel's destruction on them. Knowing that God will not allow us to blame others for your sinfulness should cause us to admit our own sins. We are responsible for our own sinful actions. Beware of the tendency to blame others because it can keep you from feeling the need to repent. And the last note here, the priests were glad when the people sinned. Every time a person brought a sin offering, the priests received a portion of it. The more the people sinned, the more priests received. Because they couldn't eat all the offerings themselves, they sold some and gave some to their relatives. The priests profited from the continuation of sin. It gave them power and position in the community. So instead of trying to lead the people out of sin, they encouraged sin to increase their profits
1: they were greedy and crooked they
0: were they were so referring to verse 12 where they uh spoke about asking a piece of wood for advice Mm -hmm. i wanted to look it up well let's read the note first the note says the stick or divining rod was a way of attempting to tell the future by divorcing themselves from god's authoritative religion centered in jerusalem Inhabitants of the northern kingdom had effectively cut themselves off from God's word and from his way of forgiveness. The drive to be free from all restrictions can move us completely out of God's will. So that's what the note says, but I wanted to look up a little bit more about the diviner's rod because I wasn't quite understanding what it was. Cuz I've heard that term before.
1: A divining rod?
0: Yeah, the divining rod?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for finding water?
0: Yeah. I was not aware. I found elsewhere, the diviner's rod had been variously interpreted as a magic wand, an astral pole, or some type of wooden staff used to predict the future or guide seekers into wisdom. The occult diviner's rod condemned in Hosea sounds similar to a dowsing rod. Hmm. In fact, another name for a dowsing rod is divining rod, because the purpose of dowsing is to divine the location of water or precious metal. According to Hosea, the Lord places divining rods, idolatry, and prostitution in the same category.
1: Yes, I I didn't know it as expansive in its in its terminology or definition as what you read, which I found interesting. It's still used today. I generally associated with you know folklore or not with witchcraft per se, but with uh, just backwoods, old school thinking that you could find find a divining rod or have a divining rod and someone who was skilled in using it to find a source for water or to drill for water or dig for water. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never heard of it in terms of finding precious metals.
0: Uh, according to this person's notes, yes. Yeah. Anything else? No. Okay, so chapter 5, verses 1 through 15. So in this section, Hosea had a message for the priests, and I didn't have any notes for this section. So we'll move on to chapter 6, verses 1 through 11, a call to repentance. And would you mind reading verses 1 through 7, please?
1: Come, let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. Now he will heal us. He has injured us. Now he will bandage our wounds. In just a short time, he will restore us so that we may live in his presence. Oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of rains in early spring. O Israel and Judah, what should I do with you? Asks the Lord. For your love vanishes like the morning mist and disappears like dew in the sunlight. I sent my prophets to cut you to pieces, to slaughter you with my words, with judgments as inescapable as light. I want you to show love, not offer sacrifices. I want you to know me more than I want burnt offerings. But, like Adam, you broke my covenant and betrayed my trust.
0: Thank you. Let's go through some of the notes in this section. This is presumption, not genuine repentance. The people did not understand the depth of their sins. They did not turn from idols, repent of their sins, or pledge to make changes. They thought that God's wrath would last only a few days. Little did they know that their nation would soon be taken into exile. Israel was interested in God only for the material benefits he provided. They did not value the eternal benefits that come from worshiping him. But before judging Israel, consider your attitude. What do you hope to gain from your religion? Do you repent easily without seriously considering what changes need to take place in your life? Uh, The next note said, religious rituals can help people understand God and nourish their relationship with him. That is why God instituted circumcision in the sacrificial system in the Old Testament and baptism in the Lord's Supper in the New Testament. But a religious ritual is helpful only if it is carried out with an attitude of love for and obedience to God. If a person's heart is far from God, ritual will become empty mockery. God didn't want the Israelites' rituals. He wanted their hearts. Why do you worship? What is the motive behind your sacrifices and offerings? And then find the final note, one of Hosea's key themes is that Israel had broken the covenant God had made with them at Mount Sinai. And that was referred to uh, Exodus 19 and 20, the Ten Commandments. God wanted to make Israel a blessing and a light to all the nations, and if God's chosen people obeyed him and proclaimed him to the world, he would give them special blessings. If they broke the covenant, however, they would suffer severe penalties, as they should have known. Sadly, the people broke the covenant and proved themselves unfaithful to God. How about you? Have you also broken faith with God? What about your forgotten promises to serve him? Any questions for there? comments?
1: No, I just want to cla- yes, I want to clarify one thing. It's um, Hosea 6 um number 4 here. Mm-hmm. Where it says O oh Israel and Judah, what should I do with you? asks the Lord. O oh, Israel is specifying the country, the land, and Judah the religion.
0: No, so what happened was, that's a good question. What happened was Israel they're, they're two separate kingdoms. There's the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. Israel is the northern kingdom, and then the southern kingdom was Judah.
1: Oh, okay.
0: The tribes had kind of split.
1: Okay. See, I was thinking Israel, the, the land, and Ju- Judea, or Judah, excuse me.
0: Like the Judaism?
1: Re- Judaism, the religion, irrespective of where they lived.
0: I see. That's, yes, that makes sense, but in this instance it refers to
1: two different locations. two different regions
0: okay israel the northern kingdom and then judah the southern kingdom both of them had kings that were up and down like working they had good kings referring to kings that um really reflected what god wanted but then they also had bad kings you know where they just went and did their own thing and did a lot of bad stuff in the region. Um, But Israel, I think had more bad Kings than good ones at that time. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. And then um, I'm going to put this up on Facebook on our Facebook page. There's an insert in our Bible and it's titled obedience versus sacrifices. And I just, I thought it was very helpful. Um, So you guys can take a look at that on the Facebook page. Now, moving on to Hosea chapter 7, verses 1 through 16. This is titled Israel's Love for Wickedness, and it is a continuation of Israel's wickedness. If you could please read verse 16, please. Let's see
1: if read it. Let me turn to that page. They look everywhere except to the Most High. They are as useless as a crooked bow. Their leaders will be killed by their enemies because of their Insolence towards me. Then the people of Egypt will laugh at them.
0: And the note for that said, people look everywhere except to God for happiness and fulfillment, pursuing possessions, recreation, and relationships. In reality, only God can truly satisfy the deep longings of the soul. Look first to heaven, to the Most High God. He will meet your spiritual needs, not all your materialistic wants. Hosea chapter 8 verses 1 through 14 Israel harvests the whirlwind. And in this section, the Lord held the Israelites accountable. And in the notes, it said, like a forceful whirlwind, God's judgment would come upon Israel by means of the Assyrians. When we seek security in anything except God, we expose ourselves to great danger. Without God, there is no lasting security. Uh, The next one said, the people's sacrifices had become mere ritual and God refused to accept them. We have rituals too, attending church, observing a regular quiet time, celebrating Christian holidays, praying before meals. Rituals give us security in a changing world. Because they are repeated often, they can drive God's lessons deep within us. But rituals can be abused. Beware if you find yourself observing a religious ritual for any of the following reasons. 1. To gain community approval. 2. To avoid the risks of doing something different. 3. To make thought unnecessary. 4. To substitute for personal relationships. 5. To make up for bad behavior. and 6. To earn God's favor. We should not reject the rituals of our worship, but we must be careful to think about why we do them. Focus on God and perform every act with sincere devotion. And then the last note said in Egypt, the Israelites had been slaves. The people would not literally return to Egypt, but they would return to slavery, this time scattered throughout the Assyrian Empire. Anything for that section? No. Hosea chapter 9, verses 1 through 17. Here Hosea announces Israel's punishment. And if you could please read verse 7.
1: The time of Israel's punishment has come. The day of payment is here. Soon Israel will know this all too well. Because of your great sin and hostility, you say, the prophets are crazy and the inspired men are fools.
0: Thank you. And the note attached to that says, By the time Israel began to experience the consequences of its sins, it was no longer listening to God's messengers. Refusing to hear the truth from prophets who spoke out so clearly about its sins, The nations did not hear God's warnings about what was soon to happen. We all listen and read selectively, focusing on what seems to support our present lifestyle and ignoring a radical reordering of our priorities. In doing this, we are likely to miss the warning signs. Listen to people who think your approach is all wrong. Read articles that present viewpoints you would be unlikely to take. Ask yourself, is God speaking to me through these speakers and writers? Is there something I need to change? All right, Hosea chapter 10, verses 1 through 15, the Lord's judgment against Israel. And would you mind reading verse 1, please?
1: How prosperous Israel is, a luxuriant vine loaded with fruit. But the richer the people get, the more pagan altars they build. The more bountiful their harvests, the more beautiful their sacred pillars.
0: Thank you. The note for that says it seems as though the more god gives the more we spend we want bigger houses better cars and finer clothes but the finest things the world offers line the pathway to destruction as you prosper consider where your money is going is it being used for god's purposes or are you consuming it all on yourself i think something helpful is you can always pray for wisdom as to where your money can be used just as, as a side note, if you don't know what to do, how you can help, just pray. God will guide you as to where you can help out.
1: Okay.
0: It could even be something like groceries for a neighbor who's having a hard time. Like Amy and I have spoken about this before, but it could it doesn't have to be this huge grand gesture. It could it could just be helping out a not just, it could be helping out a neighbor.
1: Mm. That's good to know.
0: And then could you please read um, verse 12?
1: I said, plant the good seeds of righteousness, and you will harvest a crop of love. Plow up the hard ground of your hearts, for now is the time to seek the Lord, that he may come and shower righteousness upon you.
0: I love that verse. That's really nice. The note for that verse says, Hosea repeatedly uses illustrations about fields and crops. Here he envisions a plowed field. It is no longer stony and hard. It has been carefully prepared and it is ready for planting. Is your life ready for God to work in it? You can break up the unplowed ground of your heart by acknowledging your sins and receiving God's forgiveness and guidance. Chapter 11 verses 1 through 11, God's love for Israel. In the paragraph before the scripture in our Bible said, in the final four chapters, Hosea shifts to the theme of God's intense love for Israel. God had always loved Israel as a parent loves a stubborn child, and that is why he would not release Israel from the consequences of its behavior. The Israelites were sinful, and they would be punished like a rebellious son brought by his parents before the elders. All through Israel's sad history, God repeatedly offered to restore the nation if it would only turn to him. By stubbornly refusing God's invitation, The northern kingdom had sealed its doom. It would be destroyed never to rise again. Even so, Israel as a nation was not finished. A remnant of faithful Israelites would return to Jerusalem, where one day the Messiah would come, offering a pardon and reconciliation to all who would faithfully follow him. And would you please read um, chapter 11, verses 9 and 10, please? No. No?
1: That's how it starts. Oh, okay. (laughs) No. No. I will not unleash my fierce anger. I will not completely destroy Israel, for I am God and not a mere mortal. I am the Holy One living among you, and I will not come to destroy. For some day the people will follow me. I, the Lord, will roar like a lion, and when I roar, my people will return trembling from the west.
0: Thank you the note for that said, I am God and not a mere mortal. It is easy for us to define God in terms of our own expectations and behavior. In so doing, we make him just slightly larger than ourselves. In reality, God is infinitely greater than we are. We should seek to become like him rather than attempt to remake him in our image. Hosea chapter 11 verse 12 through chapter 12 verse 14. Charges against Israel and Judah. In this section, the Lord was bringing charges against Israel and Judah. And if you could please read um, verse 12, please.
1: Israel surrounds me with lies and deceit, but Judah still obeys God and is faithful to the Holy One.
0: Now, this note I think will help explain a little bit more. Unlike Israel, Judah had some fairly good kings. Under some of these kings, God's law was dusted off and taught to the people. The priests continued to serve in God's appointed temple in Jerusalem, and the festivals were celebrated at least some of the time. Unfortunately, the political or religious leaders were unable to completely wipe out idol worship and pagan rites, although Hezekiah and Josiah came close, which continued to fester until they eventually erupted and infected the whole country. Still, the influence of the good kings enabled Judah to survive more than 150 years longer than Israel. And that memory of their positive influence fortified a small group, a remnant, of faithful people who would one day return and restore their land and temple. Does that give you a little bit more information?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Chapter 13, verses 1 through 16 the Lord's anger against Israel. And would you mind reading verses 4 through 8, please?
1: I have been the Lord your God ever since I brought you out of Egypt. You must acknowledge no God but me, for there is no other Savior. I took care of you in the wilderness, in that dry and thirsty land. But when you had eaten and were satisfied, you became proud and forgot me. So now I will attack you like a lion, like a leopard that lurks along the road like a bear whose cubs have been taken away. I will tear out your heart. I will devour you like a hungry lioness and mangle you like a wild animal.
0: And the note for that section said, when abundant possessions made Israel self-sufficient, it turned its back on God and forgot him. Self-sufficiency is as destructive today as it was in Hosea's time. Do you see your constant need of God's presence and help? Learn to rely on God, both in good times and bad. If you are traveling along a smooth and easy path right now, beware of forgetting who gave you your good fortune. Don't depend on your gifts. Depend on the giver. Anything for them? No. Hosea chapter 14, verses 1 through 9, healing for the repentant. And can you please read verses 1 and 2?
1: Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for your sins have brought you down. Bring your confessions and return to the Lord. Say to him, forgive all our sins and graciously receive us so that we may offer you our praises.
0: And the note said the people could return to God by asking him to forgive their sins. The same is true for us. We can pray Hosea's prayer and know our sins are forgiven because Christ died for them on the cross. Forgiveness begins when we see the destructiveness of sin and the futility of life without God. Then we must admit we cannot save ourselves. Our only hope is in God's mercy. When we seek forgiveness, we must recognize that we do not deserve it and therefore cannot demand it. Our appeal must be for God's love and mercy, not for his justice. Although we cannot demand forgiveness, we can be confident that we have received it because God is gracious and loving and wants to restore us to himself just as he wanted to restore Israel. And then we have another insert in our Bible, and I'm going to take a picture of it and put it on the Facebook page. It is the cycles of judgment slash salvation in Hosea. Another insert that um, I think is very informative, so I'll put that up on the Facebook page. And then could you please read Hosea chapter 14, verse
1: 9? Let those who are wise understand these things. Let those with discernment listen carefully. The paths of the Lord are true and right, and righteous people live by walking in them. But in those paths, sinners stumble and fall.
0: The note for that verse said, Hosea closes with an appeal to listen, learn, and benefit from God's word. To those receiving the Lord's message through Hosea, this meant the difference between life and death. For you, the reader of the book of Hosea, the choice is similar. You can either listen to the book's message and follow God's ways or refuse to walk along the Lord's path. But people who insist on following their own direction without God's guidance are in total darkness and have no idea what they are stumbling over. If you are lost, you can find the way by turning from your sin and following God. Forgiveness is a key word. When God forgives us, he judges the sin but shows mercy to the sinner. We should never be afraid to come to God for a clean slate and renewed life. That's what I have.
1: That was very good.
0: Any questions about anything? No. Okay.
1: Just digesting it.
0: It's a lot to take in. Yeah. Especially to prepare for the podcast. I've read over it several Mm -hmm. times and gone through the notes, so I'm familiar with it, but you're just going through it for the first time. Yeah. So it is a lot to take in.
1: Yeah. No, I have no questions at this time.
0: So let's give out some information. The email is basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com, slash mybasicbiblestudy, and the website is mybasicbiblestudy.com. All of the readings are I put on the Facebook page, so it just if you want to catch up with where we are, and um, all the links, like social media links and podcast links, you can find there as well next time we are going to cover the following second kings chapter 17 verse 5 and the parallel second kings chapter 18 verse 9 isaiah uh, chapter 28 verses 1 through 29 second kings 17 6 through 23 and the parallel second kings 18 10 through 12 2 Kings 17, 24 through 41, Isaiah chapters 1 through 5, 2 Kings 16, 19 and 20, and the parallel 2 Chronicles 28, 26, and 27, and then Isaiah chapters 13 through 16. And like I said before, that will all be uh, posted on the Facebook page. Thank you for for filling in. No, you're welcome. I think there are absolute reasons why God plops you in certain places to fill in for amy oh
1: i'm happy to do it oh, i appreciate it you're welcome
0: all right well thank you for joining us and have a blessed week
1: yes have a wonderful week